Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we're bringing you three awesome indie games news stories, not including the ones in Newscram, and we're going to hop into some sweet ass indie games in God Bless the Crowd. But before any of that, I need to introduce myself. I am Vaughn Hyde, one of your hosts, and alongside me, not really, kind of through the magic of the internet, is my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average Josh Boys. Hi. How you doing, right. big boy? I'm doing well. I like how my title keeps growing. I also like how you sound much more a uh, game show host now that you have a, a good script in front of you. Yeah, I'm going for a game show host vibe, you yeah. know? Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. kind of like, uh, eventually I want to get the voice down where it sounds like I'm 40-year-old, um, or not even yeah. 40, probably like 60 years old, have like a lot of rock candy in my pocket, like uh, like butterscotch <laughs> and such. I actually really enjoy hard candy. You're I'm basically about, an old man. <laughs> you talking about um, like the game show network, kind of like old school, <laughs> like the creepy- Yeah, like Bob Barker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bob Barker. And, and the other guy who was always on that one, oh man, I can't remember the name name of it but they were always so creepy and they would like there was one guy where there's like a whole youtube video where he he always makes like the little kids like give him a kiss and it was like creepy as fuck but people just kind of like turn the other cheek like back on like, the wait. mouth like yeah something like that like it was really what? weird and there's like a youtube video out there of, of like a whole collection of them like back to back to back and like slowed down so it's like super creepy i'll have to find it later it's it's really weird uh, ga- the game kids show- like walk by and he's like give daddy a kiss <laughs> <laughs> something like that i don't know game show hosts are creepy uh at least old school ones i guess but uh Jesus. but yeah you could do that you could uh i mean mine is the creepy part i'm not gonna kiss you <laughs> <laughs> I'm also not a little boy. Start off the podcast every time. I'm like, give Papa a kiss, Josh boy. (laughs) Well, any of the listeners we had just fucking dumped. (laughs) They're like, nope, I'm out. (laughs) Or you could take it a different way and say dump their pants because they thought it was so good, dude. I mean, do you normally dump your pants when something's really good? I didn't shit my pants in a long time. We both know that. I guess that's true. Let's be real. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, Anyway. Established. Yeah, what you playing this week, Big Josh boy? Oh, I've been playing uh, one game I can't talk about yet, but that'll come probably next episode, I think. Uh, and then the Bitch other game move. I've been playing is something that I've been playing for a long time, actually. Um, but I've been playing it in board game version. So just recently, the Gloomhaven game came out uh, for PC, uh, Steam, basically. And so, if you don't know, Gloomhaven is a 
It's not made by the same people who made the board game, but they're essentially creating it to feel and look the same, just in a virtual space. So the way the game works is it's a board game that has full progression, where there's a ton of uh, different characters that you play. You only get to start with a certain amount of classes. I believe it's six classes. You can only pick through them. And then as you play, you get personal quests with each character. You go through the story because there's a, a ton of different quests uh, to basically complete and finalize. You have this personal quest that once you unlock, you have to retire your character. You unlock new characters in the board game itself and unlock new quests while you're playing. So it, it almost plays as if it is a video game and so someone just finally took that and they were like all right we're just gonna make a you know processed version of this uh right now the game is very similar in the state of uh the same combat the same kind of mechanics but the way they have it right now is it's in alpha um and they're doing kind of like a roguelike mode where it's adventure mode and it's essentially all of the levels are procedurally generated and it's this story that's not specific to the actual board game and then while they're fixing up those mechanics and kind of mastering it they're going to be putting in the entire board game version to this game so that you can essentially play it on pc and eventually uh, later down the road, they say they're going to bring in multiplayer, so you'll be able to play it with all friends over the internet, just like you would uh, if you were sitting right next to them, you know, playing the board game. So it's really cool. I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. It's a little glitchy at times, and there's definitely like an alpha rough edge feeling to it because there's just some things that they feel a little clunky as far as how many clicks you have to get to actually go through an action or not seeing certain elements that you would normally know because you're playing the board game. Um, but for the most part, I'm having a good time with it. And really the, the only reason I bought this early was because I knew that the price would probably skyrocket after it comes out of alpha. Uh, and I want it for when they bring out the multiplayer version. This is really interesting. Are you playing as the rock boy? <laughs> I am the playing. Thing, some might say. I am playing as the rock boy. So the way they set up the game and the way you play in, uh, the board game if you're just a single like single player is you have to play with at least two characters. And the way they start it off is they make it kind of easy for you because people who are just jumping into it, you can technically play with four players, but you have to manage a lot because you have to take the turn for each individual character. Um, so you have to start with two teams... Uh, a, basically a team of two characters and the way they've done it is they make save files per each combination of the characters so you can start your own party with the big rock boy and then the the spell weaver or the, the big rock boy's name is actually Craghart or <laughs> the brute <laughs> and uh, the scoundrel so you basically can mix and match and it'll start as their own play run because that's essentially the way the game would work in the board game. You would have one character and you stick with that one character throughout the entire quest until you finish your personal quest and have to retire. And then you either choose another character or you unlock a character and you can then pick that new one. What is the ultimate goal in Gloomhaven? Is there like a big bad you're supposed to beat or is it just to complete your quest? 
So there is, so, and that's kind of the interesting part of it is I don't know the full story because I've been playing this for about a year to two years now and I'm still not through with it because I'm only doing it like every Saturday, every other Saturday with a group of friends when there's like 90 some odd uh, quests and you could technically fail them and then have to redo it. Um, but essentially you're going through and you're learning the story. Uh, you're basically just in this town called Gloomhaven and you're traveling around and it's very, very the same kind of, you know, uh, fantasy of there's demons, there's spell casters. It's, uh, going through, but I don't know the full story, so I can't really say one way or the other how it goes. And also certain things that you do in the game will change the story for those players, not by a drastic amount, but there are certain things you can do. So kind of a spoiler is one of the first bosses in the game. I believe it was one of the first. Um, you can either choose to kill that individual, like fight against them or to pair with them and fight a different um, group of baddies. So uh, we have two groups of friends who are basically playing this simultaneously and they chose the opposite side so there's two different sides of the story that they're going on and because of that certain quests are just x'd out like we can never do that one because we chose to side with the other person this game looks really interesting it's i i've seen the board game before like on ign and stuff when they have it on sale because that board game is an excessive it's very cost it it costs a lot. It is a ton of money, a ton of money, um, and it is a lot of work if you're just using the board game. There's also a couple of apps and things that me and my friends use to speed up the process a little bit. Um, but the board game is huge. It's um, a hundred and three dollars on Amazon, and that's on sale. It's normally a hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, it's a massive amount. But here's the thing, and I was telling my wife about this too because we we're playing another board game uh right now like on the side of um something that where it's kind of like this there's a lot of progression in it and my wife was like oh i can't believe you're you know you guys will pay that much for those board games and i'm like well it's a hundred you know some odd dollars for gloomhaven but we've also been playing this for almost two years now because we're you know playing every other weekend and over that time if you really think about how much money you would have spent if you went to a movie like on that weekend instead and we hung out or something like that we would have easily gone skyrocketed up in that amount it's just a large investment up front but that's what makes this game version of gloomhaven the you know the pc computer version actually very enticing especially now that it's only 25 dollars, is because they want to put in the entire game into this one you know video game so there you go if you jump in it now it's 25 dollars. i don't know what it's going to expand to in the future and also the caveat is they don't have a lot of those elements just yet they only have a few characters they only have this adventure mode but if they're you know trying to expand the game eventually that will be a full-fledged you know definitely worth your money especially if you prefer playing that way versus uh, an actual board game so it's uh, like it's increased price uh, as a board game. Is that why you're assuming when it comes out of early access, it's going to be much more? Or did the developers comment on that? The de- developers didn't comment on it, but what they've done in the past, that developer has uh, had a track record of bringing things to alpha and then raising the price later. I don't know if it's going to be massive. Um, I've just I've seen certain ones before. Um, I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. 
but because of that I figure that it will and generally you do see that happen when things are in early access or alpha access they will generally go up once they're like hey this is a full-fledged game usually it's more enticing from them to lower the price point to get people in to get feedback and to build the game into what they can actually then full resale um so I, I'm just assuming I could be wrong. It could stay $25. I highly doubt it with how much stuff they want to put in, but, um, you know, you have to either take that gamble or go for it. Um, if you're totally new to the series and you have no interest in it, I don't know if I would re- recommend it just yet because it is very light on explaining anything. Uh, as well as, like I said, there's a lot of pieces missing, but if you are a fan of the game already, um, I think it's a pretty good time to just jump in there and be able to play whenever you want and play these procedurally generated maps. I love that like our what are we playing this week segment always shows the divide and what like you and I as characters kind of thing because you for one are good at game and have friends but you also uh, you also play games that are in early access which I specifically stray from yeah I almost refuse to play anything in early access I don't really know why I don't know I just feel like it's weird it's weird because I I do actually I was kind of thinking that the other day I play a lot of early access games and And it's honestly one of the reasons why when I think about like Slay the Spire um, that just released recently and a lot of people are like going crazy about it right now and they're like, oh, this could be game of the year. Like obviously it it won't make it, but it's getting well-deserved, you know, respect from a lot of mediums. But for me, I've played that game for like like two years already or so. So for me, a lot of these early access games I keep playing, I'm always like, man, it's such old news. I really, I don't want to, I don't want to play that anymore. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm done with it. Like it's the same thing with uh, Streets of Rogue. Like I'm definitely not. I play it every once in a while, but I've played it so long ago and it just recently came out that for me, it's like not that big of news, I guess. It's, mm. it's interesting. I, I just like it because I like seeing how those games develop and there's definitely a negative to it because obviously you're not getting the full game. There's going to be bugs and there's going to be issues with it. But sometimes like, that part can be a rewarding process if you're really into it to try and help those people out and to be a part of that community. Um, granted, I'm not the best at that, but when I do, it's you know definitely something that is worth my time as far as like I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm building this game the way that I want it to be so that I can have more fun. Um, so it really just depends on you know your play style and your interest level in those type of games. So you brought up Game of the Year um, and Slay the Spire. So Slay the Spire, people have been talking about it a lot recently because I believe it just got a Switch port, correct? Right, right. Yeah, which last year I believe it came out on like P, uh, P well, it was on PC before, but uh, PC and PS4 and stuff like that. Yeah. So since you brought up Game of the Year, how do you feel, like do you think that games that just have like ports within a year, not their initial release date or anything like that, but just a port during a year, do you think they should be considered for Game of the Year discussion? Like so, let's say that The Witcher 3 port actually comes out this year for for uh, the Switch. Do you think that people, like, 
you, do you think they should put it in the game of the year discussion? Uh, first take on that. That port is going to be garbage because... Oh, yeah. It's definitely not going to be up to snuff versus everything else. Yeah, there's no just way. Just because of the... No way it could make game of the year just because of how degraded in quality they have to make it to run on the Switch, which is fine. I think it's awesome that people can play it on the Switch. And if I didn't already play a good amount of that series, I probably would have picked it up. But um, I personally... I don't think it should uh, in relation to your question of should ports get that like, oh, now this gets to be game of the year. I think it makes sense in certain cases because it's good to give those games more visibility because sometimes games don't uh, have as much recognition on one platform as they do another just because of the general target audience for each different type of platform. But I don't, I don't know. It just seems weird because I guess if you're really thinking like realistically thinking of what was the game of the year, it's still a game and it's still the year (laughs) as stupid as that sounds, but it's just the principle of things. Like you would expect that the game of the year is going to be something that's like, this is a new game, the new hot topic of what people are playing and created some kind of, you know, movement or some kind of, uh, renowned, this is the best of the best kind of a discussion. So, I guess realistically you could say you could argue for it, but I don't like to think of it that way. Um, But then again, in, you know, five months from now, I'll probably be the dumbass who forgets this discussion and puts a port as one of my top 10 (laughs) because I'll probably be like, well, I couldn't really think of anything. So slay the spire, you know, so like, I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of like, I I don't know, if you think about it, if you include ports within your game of the year discussion, even though, like, uh, so obviously The Witcher came out years ago, it's coming to the Switch, or, like, Slay the Spire came out last year, but now it's coming to the Switch, people might actually, like, hold off their ports for games until a year that they believe is less crowded. So like this year, they'd want to do it now. Yeah, we haven't had, like, massive, massive titles so far. Last year, they had to contend with God of War, Red Dead 2, like, big games. This year, it's like, if you were, like, included, if you did include ports within Game of the Year discussions, people might actually just hold off their ports until the next year. They're like, I don't want to fuck with Red Dead. Like, I'll just wait till next year and be part of that Game of the Year discussion. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you never know. Weird shit happens. I don't know. I don't know if those accolades are worth uh, ruining your um, cash flow, but (laughs) maybe. (laughs) I guess if it was like you were in December and wanted to wait till maybe January or February, maybe. But like a month is a long time to be not making cash. I mean, let's be real. Game of the year discussions is kind of like, okay, there are certain discussions that are real. Like uh, the the game um, the game awards, for instance, uh, like dice awards, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's real and it makes sense. But the fact that we get game of the year like editions of games that did not win game of the year, but it's just some <laughs> yeah. random ass person somewhere said this is my game of the year. You're just like, all right, this doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, like, I just don't even care. I mean, yeah, it doesn't because it's like everyone has their game of the year. So like, what does it really matter? Like the fact that both you and me are going to come up with our list of game of the year and could potentially be like, here, you get a George award. And people would be like, what the fuck is this shit? I don't care who you are. Like, but you know, that's the entitlement that we can have because we're creating some medium and we're saying like, oh, these are the games we played. So at the end of the day, it really just depends on who had fun with a game 
and they're gonna pick whatever they want <laughs> so yeah yeah speaking of old games what i've been playing is octopath traveler finally Ooh. which is a little yeah it's a little weird hopping into it i chose therian as my original character mm, um because right. i expected the the stealing to be kind of a bigger part because normally i like to like i i normally choose thieves because early game they're like okay cool there's like chests and stuff like that that you can lo- like pick locks for mm-hmm. but then if you don't choose a thief or a rogue early on in rpgs then you kind of miss out on that loot um, and either have to double back later or you just miss it. So I was like, ah, I'm going to choose the thief. And then you realize, nah, that's the, the steal skills fucking bullshit. It doesn't actually do anything. I mean, you could steal from everyone in the town and you can actually get some really yeah. good shit from. I from stole those. basically everything in the first town because it's like 100%. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll steal from you. And I even stole from bums. I was like, this guy's a thief. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> it's just what he does. I, I so far really enjoy it, of course, like the man I am. Pretty on brand. I have some stupid issues with it of course. like the fact that when i chain when i put on a helmet he doesn't put on a helmet and i'm like okay i guess that checks out um but i'm not super far into it i've only played a couple hours um so i've got like a therian and then i just picked up like the apothecary guy that's pretty interesting mm-hmm. um but other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm not super deep into it, but it's fun. I pretty much just picked it up uh, specifically for a trip that I'm going on this week. Yeah. Um, Morgan and I, my fiance and I, are going um, on a trip to, what is it, Salt Lake, to no. see like a live taping of a podcast, or she is. I don't give a shit about it. I'm just there <laughs> for like the mall, just there I guess. I switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just wanted to go to Salt Lake, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I was like, okay. I want a game to play on the drive, even though I have a million games. Why not buy a new one? So I bought Octopath Traveler. <laughs> Shouldn't you be playing Hollow Knight? <laughs> I should be. I should be. Interesting enough, the four lithographs that I got with my Hollow Knight uh, Collector's Edition, I finally hung them up. I'll have to post a picture on my Twitter. It's pretty dope. They're pretty sweet, guys. Don't nice. you? Yeah, they're, they're pretty nice. Uh, but speaking of nice stuff, our first news article because we might as well actually get into the the meat and potatoes of this 20 minutes in i mean come yeah on. it's been a while we've been we've been it rambling just checks out um our first article is over on ign it is written by that good boy jonathan dornbush and it is ukulele and the impossible layers level can change form and it's a blast to play so instead of me reading through this article um i would actually like you to give a brief like you to explain this because this is more of a preview uh than it is news but there is some interesting stuff in here when it comes to how the game plays yeah sure so one of the cool things about this is if you don't know what ukulele and the impossible layer is um essentially they're trying to go back to their roots as the company from you know developers who are part of rare to start creating something that's very similar to the brand of donkey kong country so a 2d side-scrolling platformer game and in there they're using their characters ukulele that they recently had that you know the ukulele 3d action platform game um i'm not too crazy as i've mentioned before about the duo but they're still trying to stick to their brand with it which i respect um but the game actually looks pretty interesting. I wasn't too crazy about it when I first saw it revealed. But one of the things in here that Jonathan Dornbush is talking about is essentially the game has an overworld. 
So every time you want to go to different levels, you have this overworld that you have to run through to find the uh, basically books, which is very similar to the original game, but now it's more of a 2D style. Um, and you're essentially doing little puzzles or running through different areas of this overmap to effectively change the nature around you. So in cases where you might open a dam and flood the book that was laying there, which was a portal for you to go to the worlds, now those levels that you had already played are underwater or you change the overworld so that there's ice on the ground where that book was and now the world is frozen or there's another one where it's uh i believe it's air is like the main thing so there's a bunch of i guess you flying in the air i don't know exactly which what happens with that but essentially there's little elements that will change every one of the levels you play to swap them around so anything you're going through once will immediately flip on its head and you'll have to do it again essentially but in a totally brand new way which i think is great it's very creative it kind of reminds me of what um they pushed with the yoshi's woolly world what i thought it was going to be because you can play every every level forwards and backwards um but the backwards version was really just chase a bunch of poochies which was kind of like meh whatever um but this version is essentially the entire map is changed in a way based on that element so you'll see in some of them like i said they're underwater now and you have to go through that world doing it in a totally different way because it's not as in that way platform based it's more of precision of swimming through the different areas and not getting hit by enemies and things like that so Basically, this is just Jonathan Dornbush going through and, and talking about how there's this new alternate level system to the game, and it's pretty interesting. It makes me more excited for this game, I think, uh, just because before I wasn't really sure what to expect, um, and I like the variation of having to go back, but until it's like you know really in my hands, I'm not going to know how this feels because some of it looks still kind of the same as... There are my gripes with the original one, uh, which was that 3D platformer version of ukulele. It was very clunky, um, but it is interesting to see. And it was nice to hear that, you know, Jonathan Dordbush had a good time playing it. So who knows, maybe big things for the next ukulele sequel. I, if I'm being honest, and this is probably going to lose me some gamer cred, if I really even had any, um, I was not a big fan, and I'm oh really God. not a big fan of 3D me. platformers. Oh, okay. Just in oh. general. Okay. Um, let alone banjo kazooie um so you're wrong you're wrong but i I thought you were gonna i thought you were gonna go the way of saying you don't like donkey kong country no i've never played donkey kong what the fuck yeah this is what i'm saying i'm losing gamer cred here once again i did not play like get really into video games until later in life (sighs) and now i just buy video games (laughs) (laughs) but I'm glad that they're going 2D now, um, and because I love the characters of Yuka and Laylee, I think they're really, really cute. I mm. love that world, um, and I really want to experience it, but once again, I kind of despise 3D platformers, with the exception of Psychonauts, because it's the superior 3D platformer, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, and it's technically a 3D action platformer, but... You know, yeah. I'm not going to get into Yeah, I that. don't know. There was, like we talked about, I think it was last episode, there was a lot of gripes with it. And personally, I just wasn't as excited once I really got my hands and, you know, teeth into it. But I've always, as much as I love the 3D platformer style, I've always loved the 2D side-scrolling style to it a lot 
more. Um, I'm a big Donkey Kong Country fan. I can't tell you how many hours I played it when I was a kid, just over and over and over again. And this definitely makes me excited for the actual game. I wish there was a release date on this, but I have no idea. It just says to be announced. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like 2D is like, it's kind of timeless. It just looks really, really sharp and good versus 3D platforming. It can be really weird. It just looks odd. And yeah. uh, I mean, really the deciding factor on this one for me is how many trouser snakes are in it. But that's, I mean, I, mean, I feel like that's going to be one. So, although I haven't that's... seen, I haven't seen an image with him in it. So I don't know. But I, don't I mean, they can't enough. get rid of the trouser snake. I need like a village of trouser snakes. You know what I mean? Like there's uh, got to be thousands. I don't know what you mean. But uh-huh. maybe you'll get your wish. Who knows? Maybe uh-huh. Yuka, Laylee, and the Impossible Lair will be, you know, it's impossible to find your way through all these trouser snakes. Who knows? Holy shit. That is so true. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how many trouser snakes are in this game. Uh, but speaking of things that, uh, I mean, we really could wait for, Wargroove is coming to the PlayStation 4 without crossplay. This is over on Polygon, written by Owen S. Good. So something that I'm wondering, before I get into this article, I want to ask, did we not read like when it initially came out they were holding the release for playstation 4 specifically until sony agreed to do crossplay for wargroove was that not something that the developer said i feel like it was mm, i don't i don't remember that i thought it was more on they just didn't like say anything on it they were just like nope we're not going to make any announcement about why ps4 isn't coming out yet Maybe. I'll have to check it out. But this is kind of weird. So it's coming to PlayStation 4 and no crossplay. Um, Wargroove comes to PlayStation 4 on Tuesday, July 23rd. But the strategy game won't be offering crossplay um, as its Switch, Windows PC, and Xbox One versions do. Developer Chucklefish made the announcement on Thursday, noting that cross platform play couldn't make it in the goal of of feature parody with Wargroove's other versions. Uh, no explanation was given, but, but Chucklefish stressed that the PlayStation 4 players can still download any of the community-made map designs regardless of where they originated and upload their own maps and campaigns to be shared on other platforms as well as PS4. Um, this is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I, Fuck them. You know what I'm saying? I'm a... T- I have to look this up. I'm going to see if I can find this old article. Um, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I don't remember them saying anything to that nature. I just remember them saying that they weren't going to do anything, I that PS4 would come at a later time. I don't remember them referencing anything to the cross-play portion of this. But it is strange that they're putting just about every single element to this game as far as, you know, all the downloadable content and all the different maps that you can upload and others can see but you just can't play with other people like it's it's a weird concept i guess but at the same time eh, I, I don't know i'm i'm so tired of the the ps4 won't let crossplay happen discussion just because it's like what i don't i really don't know at this point if ps4 is really tr- like actively trying not to let people or maybe their infrastructure structure is just trash that's not allowing to 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 basically go between each other without a lot of work like they talk all the time about it being a flip of the switch but then we have articles like this where it's just 
no one can seem to do it other than these big names like Fortnite and now Rocket League. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know how. Which uh, is a little weird because the so like Chucklefish cheap executive Finn Bryce said on Reset Era that we were told in an uh, in no uncertain terms by Sony that crossplay was not going to happen. This despite being able to literally toggle a switch and have it working. He said so. I don't understand the like the the bullheaded nature of not allowing them to use crossplay because this doesn't even have like microtransactions so i i don't really get it because their stance on it beforehand was really from a monetary standpoint saying that hey we don't want you to be able to purchase like a skin or anything in the, like in mm-hmm. Fortnite, for example, you purchase a skin on Nintendo Switch and then you bring it over to PlayStation. That was an issue. Um, I don't know necessarily how that got solved, but I don't believe Wargroove in, in any real way has some sort of like microtransaction that allows you to like purchase any sort of like new suit or cosmetic items that you can then trade to different platforms. I don't really get the... the I, I just don't understand why this doesn't have mm-hmm. crossplay. It's just dumb. It's weird and it's stupid. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I mean, I guess from the way they're talking, it seems like the executive is basically saying, like, yeah, this is on PS4, like, or not PS4, but PlayStation side. Like, we could definitely do it. So, I don't know. I guess they're just keeping the floodgates <laughs> closed. It seems very strange. I don't know why this keeps coming back and forth from the PlayStation perspective, but maybe they have a... a re- like, I don't know if it causes something to their servers to like have to go back and forth between different platforms. I don't know what that would do. I don't know anything about this. Maybe there's a legit reason, but like if there was... Just fucking say it and stop dicking people around. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Like, transparency is something that's really held in high regard, especially in the games industry. When people come out and say, hey, we delayed a game because of so reason, it's like, hey, that's that's more well-received because you told them exactly why. Um, And Sony's kind of, like, issue with not only not doing it but not telling people why is just odd. Mm -hmm. I... Yeah, I I don't really understand. It's I, and once again, this is I guess I didn't say this initially, but I should actually say it. We know nothing about gameplay development or game development, so it's very possible that this is a much more intricate issue than than we actually realize. Like you said, it might be something to do with Sony's like infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I just don't really believe that considering that they've shown like several times that crossplay is possible mm-hmm. um but i don't know this is kind of my worst fear come to life when it comes to crossplay when we initially spoke about it i was afraid that big games would get crossplay but little games wouldn't um and it kind of seems like that's happening but i'm not going to really like i'm not i don't know this I'm not is going to rehash it I don't know. I mean, at the same time, like, it's shit like this that, you know, is it really going to hurt PlayStation at this stage of the game? Probably not. But if this is constantly, you know, something that's in the news, it very well could. If you say, you know, want to play with your friends and they have a different device and the next long list of consoles comes out, 
what are you going to do when potentially PlayStation 5 and Xbox are at, you know, the same caliber? Xbox has a bunch of other developers under its belt or studios under its belt that are creating games that might entice you that way. And if your friends are on that platform, then maybe there'll be a shift again because they'd rather play with the PC group, the Switch group, and, you know, have a more uh, variety or a more various eco, uh, ecosystem to pal around with since PlayStation is just kind of being all on its lonesome. Yeah, if you really think about it, if Sony was confident in the brand that PlayStation is, they wouldn't really have an issue with crossplay, especially with games like these where there are no skins to purchase or anything like that. As far as I know, I haven't played Wargroove, mm-hmm. but... They should be they should be willing to do this because when crossplay comes around, it's not something that hurts them. It's people are gonna buy the PlayStation 4 or the PlayStation 5 for the exclusives. And if they're so certain that their exclusives are amazing and their console's great, then crossplay shouldn't be an issue. And if anything, it would detract from their console if they did not have crossplay on certain games. Exactly. Because yeah, if let's say fucking god of war 2 comes out people are obviously going to buy playstation 5 for that um but if people don't necessarily care about god of war 2 but their friends are over on fucking xbox scarlet or it should be still the nintendo switch at this time playing a game they're more likely to buy those other consoles because they don't really care about the like playstation exclusives but once again sony we talked about this a couple weeks ago sony isn't really worried about the small developers they're worried about making big moves with their next console and making it for hardcore gamers which hardcore gamers are going to buy their consoles for the exclusives they understand that the reason that they would buy a playstation 4 is really to play exclusives especially like going from a playstation 5 to an xbox one scarlet if they are really the same like if they if one isn't noticeably worse then they know that exclusives and their like third party relationships is really what's going to sell that console. So, yeah, I'm whatever. This is just annoying. <laughs> yep, that's it. Whatever. Job <laughs> <Good> PlayStation. <laughs> Speaking of more PlayStation stuff, this is over on Game Informer. It is written by Imram Khan, and it is Media Molecule. media molecule looking to contact dreams creators for official development uh dreams has been out in early access for a little while now but a lot of people have gotten really really good um at it in a short time the game has extensive tutorials and vivid creation tools but some people have special sparks uh yeah have special sparks (laughs) to their creation experiences uh that set them apart from the rest for those people media molecule might want to talk to them in a job posting today the dreams developer reveals that they're looking for people who are experienced and proficient with dreams tools to make some software for the game uh presumably to include with the final version you're a dreams expert the listing exclaims you know the tools are happy to uh yeah you know the tools and are happy to take on new challenges using them when working you'll happily uh sketch out ideas and drop pitches for your proposals uh as well as collaborating with the larger team to make sure project objectives are met blah 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 yeah so they're Mm. like i can't believe they missed the opportunity to call themselves dreamers 
That actually, that yeah, that would have been that would have been a good one. This isn't necessarily an indie games news story, but it's more about like independent creators basically creating their own games and then possibly being brought onto a large studio because of it. And I think that's really cool. People are making some really awesome stuff in Dreams. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I'm I'm not in on the beta or anything like that, but I have seen some of the stuff that people are making, and they're pretty awesome. Yeah, like uh. They recreated like one of the Legend of Zelda games in Dreams or something like that, and people call him Lark instead of Link or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, some of them are pretty interesting. Like I've seen, I've seen a couple. There was one where I've seen where it was like Crash Bandicoot, like totally recreated. I, I think it's oh, and there was like a, a Final Fantasy S- or Seven, I think remake where they were like the polygon esque China versions again. I think it's really cool. It's this whole concept is awesome. Like the fact that you. Man, it's so interesting because what a weird discussion they must have had, like from a boardroom perspective, from the actual Dream mo- like Molecule team of just being Media Molecule, excuse me, uh, team just being like, oh, all right, so we want to have you know obviously some games for people right when it starts up. Like, what are we gonna do? And people are like kind of looking around and they're like, well, why don't we just get all these people who are already working on it? Like, what a weird concept to be like. All right, we'll just fucking pay these people who are already doing shit for us like it's amazing that they built those tools and such a community has already kind of been dreamt up in their eyes of like wow these people can make great games we're going to do something with them and what a crazy opportunity for those individuals who are probably just messing around with it because they're like this is awesome i want to try to make games like what a great experience from both sides to be able to you know best of both worlds everybody wins in this kind of experience yeah how many people do you think that are now gonna actually go in oh so many people they're gonna be like i want to be part of beta i'm i'm like the best i'm a dreams expert i'm a dreamer i i've been dreaming (laughs) dreaming in my dreams you know what i'm saying like all kinds of things Yeah, there's probably a lot of people that are going to rush to this and do it. Because, like, uh, as Imram says in this article, he, he's talking about how, like, if you could show you're proficient with the tools and everything, this is a great stepping stool uh, for people wanting to break through into video game development, but they just haven't found the right way in. Yeah. And that's so true. They're just messing around with this weird-ass game creation tool, and in the end, they possibly get hired by a big studio. That's pretty fantastic. That's kind of like the dream. Lol. In a way. I mean, the dream, I would really say, is making your own game and then making millions. But, you know. I mean, that's, that possibly could be a it. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, you don't know how much <laughs> they're getting paid for uh, for this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That is kind of interesting that they're hiring people that know how to use the Dreams creation tool. That they created. Like, yeah, it they seems created it. kind they're... of backwards, like, in a way. It's, yeah, it's weird. This is odd. This is an odd situation. At least this one's a nice situation instead of stupid-ass crossplay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I guess, you know, PlayStation, uh, it's give and take. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's very true. This is things like this are really making me wonder when Dreams fully comes out, 
what exactly is going to happen. So let's say you make a game in Dreams, and this has kind of been up in the air for a while. Uh, the legalities um, of it? Yeah, if you can possibly sell these games, like how you would get the money from that, or if you can't sell them, just how that all works. Because I know in other games, uh, you can actually sell your games in a way or at least make like demo prototypes maybe they'll do like um maybe they'll do like an open market where you can put like a specific uh game like up for sale and then they'll just take a certain portion of it a cut that would be basically like you know you use our software to develop this so we get a percentage of any of the profits you make and that's kind of like you know that that's the uh the negative that you have to forego because you use that software specifically to create it. Like there has to be some kind of give back to the people who are building those tools. And then in that they obviously will benefit because they're getting money, but then potentially could be like, Oh, we're putting that money back into the tools so that you have more expansive like selections to go about. So maybe they could do something like that. I don't know how willing though people would be to buy a game and then be like, oh, now I'm going to buy all these other games in here. Like, and that might be kind of why they're doing this as far as paying people to create the starter packs because maybe Dreams will be like, hey, you're going to get this game. You're going to be able to build whatever you want. You're going to get like 50 like small little games that are already built and ready for you and you can play and it'll be a lot of fun, whatever. And then there'll be an open market of randomly, like if the people want to make it free, it's free, but then the others could make it, you know, a dollar, $2, whatever. And then you'll have to kind of live with that based on whoever is creating the market. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with dreams. I'm, I'm excited to find out. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm way more excited to get crammed as we hop into news cram, 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 cram. Oh, we got some interesting news stories today up in news cram. Uh, first Mm, one, yeah, you're about to get just crammed full. Mm. You know what I mean? This is so much news up in there. Good stuff. Um, we are over on game informer for the first one. It is, Morda? Mordhau. Okay, Mordhau. Developer outlines new maps and modes in the latest update blog. Uh, Still on Game Informer, we've got Skullgirls is getting a webcomic series. Also on Game Informer, new Bloodstain update does not do do much for ailing Switch version. (laughs) What were you expecting? Yeah, you did say you didn't want to really shit on it much this episode. That's why you didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, we've already talked about this. Dude, and, and the one thing that I will say about this article, and I brought this up before, is like it's so brilliantly worded by uh, by Imram at the end of this article of just literally saying in the last sentence, the Switch version needed to be delayed, not the patches that fix it. Like, that's it. Like, it just shouldn't have come out. <laughs> It's so depressing that that's kind of the the legacy of this game on Switch is that it just eats ass. God, and it sucks too, because think about a person who's like so excited. Like you literally had to wait like extra days. Like, I mean, granted it was only like an extra one or two days because they like did a weird like day uh, transition for each of the different consoles. But like you have to wait extra time to then get this piece of garbage. Like why? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens with the Switch version. I hope they fix it. I really hope they do. do. But considering that they fixed the whole like 
opening the box, like the chess glitch is just like, hey, Restart you just it. have to hey. play again. <laughs> They'll be like, hey, <laughs> just buy the PS4 copy. <laughs> That's how you fix it. That would it. be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my favorite quick fix. They're like, just buy it on another console. Yeah, that's a way to really uh, destroy your brand in like an instant. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Uh, then we are over on Twinfinite, and it is River City Girls gets plenty of PlayStation 4 gameplay showing the girls in action. Uh, still on Twinfinite. Puzzle platformer Etherborn releases today with Dreamy Launch trailer. Uh, then we've got Shantae and more offered in Humble Very Positive Bundle 3. Um, now we're over on Nintendo Life, and it is God of War's art director strikes back with 3D takes on Cuphead characters. Those cool. actually look really cool. Yeah, I yeah. think I think the the dice head guy was my favorite. The devil creeps me out. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that he looks like Krampus. I know it was really weird though, because like all of them are like nice, smooth characters, and then you have the big hairy devil, and I was like, ooh, I don't like this. Yeah, he's all furry and creepy looking. <laughs> It's disgusting. Um, now we are staying on Nintendo Life for Shovel Knight's board game Kickstarter has been canceled sla- uh, and relaunching mid-August. We already talked about this on the podcast like two or three weeks ago. Last, yeah, last two weeks ago. It was breaking news. It was crazy. Suck it. <laughs> we talked about it before Nintendo Life did. Woo! Give us money, Nintendo Life. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. But... Uh. Maybe one day. (laughs) I think that might be a conflict of interest, too, considering we talk about this shit so often. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, unless they just want to also host us. (laughs) Ooh. You got me there. Uh, Then we've got Kumo is hopping, is hoping, not hopping, uh, is hoping (laughs) to bring a journey-like atmospheric story to Switch next year. Uh, Brawlhalla's annual heat wave event adds new and old summer-themed skins. Uh, Then over on IGN, we've got Two Point Hospital uh, will land on consoles by Christmas. Uh, Now back to Game Informer. New trailer and release date for The Church of Darkness. Then back to Twinfinite. Should have just listed these. (laughs) Yeah, I should really just put them like in in order by where they came from. But you know what? I'd rather just do it in this really disjointed and annoying way. Yeah, why not? Um, So on Twinfinite, Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden introduced a new hero with expansion. And then now on Nintendo Life, and these last three are on. Oh fuck, there's more. The the last four are on Nintendo Life. Don't worry. We've got Run Away From Your Fears When Phobia Creeps Onto the Switch This Year, uh, Zelda Wind Waker-inspired Summer in Mara, delayed until February 2020, right. Horizon Chase Turbo's first-ever DLC brings summer vibes, okay, yep. and Artistic Smash em Up Ape Out gets 30% discount and a free eShop demo. Did you ever play uh, Ape Out? No, I I never played it. Apparently, people really really liked it, especially the whole like the the drum beats also follow your actions. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've never played it, but I, I've heard a lot of good things about it. So it's one of those I probably will sometime soon. Games. Ah, um, we are about to hop into God Bless the Crowd, but I would like oh. to say nice little throwback to God Bless the Crowd of your. We actually talked about Summer of Mara on God Bless the Crowd yeah. a while ago when it was on Kickstarter. And just like in Kickstarter fashion, it's being delayed. <laughs> 
That's true. That's very true. Uh, but, of course, Josh, we've been blessed with so many amazing indie game news stories today that I think it's about time we give back to the creators in our next segment, God Bless the Crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh boy hops into all sorts of different crowdfunding sites, finds some awesome games to talk about, and we talk about them. Um, today, you trying to make your voice go low, or were you just yawning? I don't know. <laughs> I was, it was kind of just like... I was talking, you know, when like people or, oh, okay, this is a perfect way to bring up Breath of the Wild. Mm. Um, so in Breath of the Wild, you know how your stamina meter would get to like the red? And if you timed it like just right in the red, you could do a quick gust mm-hmm. and jump like double the amount that you normally would. Yep. Okay, so th- that was kind of it. Like, I only had so much breath still in my lungs and I had to get it out. So I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I don't know why, but that reminded me of the Tim Allen home improvement noise. <laughs> I forget what it's like. It's like, the, whoa. whoa? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I went back and listened to like old Game Over Greggy shows, and like the first episode, they do that like 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. It's pretty excessive. Uh, this week, we've got two awesome games on God Bless the Crowd, and they are uh, Fiction Sphere, which is a 2D uh, technical platformer adventure, a love letter to 90s-style video games, and Phantom Gear, a new original action-adventure platform ga- platformer game for the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive console. Uh, that one's a little weird, but we'll talk about it in a sec. Let's right. hop into Fiction Sphere, which is asking for $20,000. That's their goal. Mm-hmm. They have $7,682, and they still have 26 days left to go. How do you feel about this game, Josh? Uh, from a first glance, I was like, wow, this is Mega Man X. And I was like, sure, I'm down for that. Um, it has some weird... So basically, it's a platformer that looks like the Mega Man style where you're going through, but instead of you just, you know, run and gun, you have combo moves and different skills that you can learn and you have to fight the enemies and bosses with those different moves. I'm sure that some are better than others and you have to use them back and forth and time your abilities properly, which makes it, you know, a more complex type game. And then it also, and this is where that A Love Letter to 90 Style video games comes in, it has like random uh, other parts where you're just, you're shooting random enemies in the background, kind of like you would in one of those shmups, like on the bottom side. You have to like also focus on things in the background that might throw bombs at you, I guess. And then there's like a part where you're on a bike and you're just driving back and forth and it's kind of like Mario Kart-esque. Um, yeah, I was going to bring that up, that it seems like this game might uh, might come out to be like the, how people say, similar to Destiny, how Destiny tried to accomplish so many things, tried to incorporate so many different things that it failed to fully incorporate any of them. Yeah. It seems like that's, that's exactly, might be what happens here. That's exactly where I'm at with it. So I'm, when I'm watching this, I'm down for the part of it being a platformer and for it having the combo system, because it seems like the combo system is pretty complex like i mentioned and it could be pretty fun but i'm sure at you know the first couple takes of it i'll be trash at which is fine but it'll still be fun because you'll be able to do a bunch of combo moves and chain them together and stuff like that but then you see all those other elements to it and i'm like no i could i could do without those like i don't need that shooting random enemies in the background like i just want a you know a beat-em-up platformer where 
they're using really cool combos and really cool enemies to throw at me. Then again, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will mesh well. And there's a very, you know, high possibility that it could. But it's just, like you said, doing so much at one time means you can't perfect one thing. So you have, you know, for lack of a better word, I don't mean to say it in disrespect, but half-assed elements overall. Yeah, plus their main character looks real dumb. <laughs> well, that that I'm not. <laughs> I'm not on the same side, but I do think it's weird that his hair is like it looks like a sideways hat, kind of. Yeah, it's like peacocking in this weird way, and somehow his glasses like rest on it. And in times where it actually shows him straight on, like at the the like um what is this the thumbnail for the trailer, his glasses are on his hair. Yeah. Not his eye. Like, it's just one eye and then hair. I mean, because otherwise it would Does look kind of weird. It would just eye? look like a monocle. It's, uh, I would rather him have a monocle <laughs> and just not have the other side of his face because he looks stupid. <laughs> which is uh, which kind of sucks. That's the only thing that I don't really like about this game other than the weird kind of like just things that seem kind of tossed in there mm-hmm. um those other weird like disparate gameplay elements is the fact that all of these characters and these enemy designs look really really cool with the exception of the main character who looks fucking dumb yeah i was gonna say i do like the models for a lot of the the enemies that you have to face like they seem really interesting um i really like frankenstein uh dude me too he looks fucking awesome yeah yeah, like I that's the thing. Like I like I'm saying this looks like it could be an awesome game and I'm definitely interested in that type of combo system from the fighting potential of it. But I just I don't know. It it does seem a little wonky. I don't know if this is one that I would back right away, but this is definitely one that I want to watch. I think it'll still make it because it's it's got 26 days and it's almost halfway to its goal. Um let me see what its higher tiers are, though. Um, it's already gotten rid of its $1,000 tier, uh, as well as a bunch of the limited time discounts. Um, yeah, it looks like they have one who paid $750, but they have a couple others. They have some interesting things, too. They have, like, a, what is that, a clay sculpture of one of the characters? Getting to create an enemy, which I know you always hate. A physical art book, a vintage style blueprint, which is pretty cool. Ooh, an exclusive mouse pad. That's kind of interesting. Um, but like, some of the stuff is really cool. I think it could be a fun game. I just don't know if this is going to be one I want to back right away. Yeah, this looks really, really cool. I I really love its art style. How it's a mix between like robotics and mysticism. How they have these really cool like uh, robotic looking centaurs, yeah. but then they also have like uh, it's just kind of like this phoenix esque girl. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and they have like a hydra boss, men in mech suits. Like this, the art style for this game looks really, really cool. And like you said, it, it's really reminiscent of games like Mega Man. Yeah. Um, this is but, this is definitely like from a nostalgia factor like part of me is like you should just get it cuz it looks a lot like Mega Man X and that was one of my favorite games as a kid growing up. But I really hate this except for freaking Mega Man and it looks cool. <laughs> but I just really hate this gallery shooter thing. <laughs> like I'm not going to lie, this is definitely <laughs> one of the biggest reasons why I'm like, ah, it's probably a nope. 
Yeah, the gallery shooter thing is pretty weird. I'm wondering if that's like it just happens on occasion because it doesn't seem to be a main component in gameplay. Yeah, so that it seems to just happen every now and then. That's kind of what I thought, but then I was watching like the the gameplay trailer of it, and there was one part where there were enemies and you were like shooting things in the back. So I was like, hmm, I don't know how often that's going to be used. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't like that. Also, what the hell is going on with this one boss whose titties are just out, but she has no nipples? Okay. (laughs) Now I got to look, of course. Let's see these fat titties. Uh, (laughs) I never (laughs) said fat titties, but all right. (laughs) She's one of the the bosses. The Hydra girl? One of the bosses all the way down. The the weird, like, uh, Scylla, yeah. Yeah, I think she has, like, the blue part. I think this acting is kind of a, like, a, a jacket. I don't, I don't just know, dude. barely on, covering her nipples. On the, like, the video game version of her, yeah. On the, like, the drawing right to the side, definitely just nipples oh, should be there. Oh, it's definitely not, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they, maybe her alien race was born without nipples. Maybe just she was born without nipples. What? I don't know. Just, why are you hating the nipples, bro? I don't know, man. It's just it weird. is super weird to see boobs without nipples. Though. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little saying. odd. <laughs> it's just, just big old fat sacks. <laughs> All right, time to move into Phantom Gear. Let's talk about this game. Uh, Phantom Gear is a new original action adventure platform game for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive console. They're asking for $25,000. That is their goal. They have 21 days left to go, and they have $17,783. I think there's pretty much no way this game doesn't get backed. It's really cool. It does. With the exception of it's for the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive. That's pretty funny. That's the thing, dude. So that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. The game looks pretty interesting. It's very reminiscent of, you know, the old school Sega Genesis style of gameplay as far as, like, the the platformer action goes. Um, the, The music to it is just phenomenal i was listening to some of the the original like the the soundtracks that they're going to have for those levels and it's so like it's just it's so sega genesis like it reminds me so much of like the old school sonic levels and that style of uh i don't know it's just that style of music is so i don't know if it's a nostalgia thing or i just i fucking love it like it's so good but then you go through the tiers and granted I'm a big cheapo. I would never go for the higher tiers anyway. But like, this is definitely something that I'm a little confused at because they have the lower tier of $15 where you can receive the game ROM file, which sucks because then you literally have to get an emulator for it. They're not, you know, packaging this in any other way other than a ROM. And then you go to a couple higher tiers. And once you get to the... $50 one where you get the game cartridge they no longer give you the ROM yeah this is weird so like you literally have to have a Sega Genesis for this to even benefit you at all or the Mega Drive or the Mega Drive oh great that's (laughs) much more you know accessible you have so many options (laughs) like I also hate that the second tier is $40 and it's like cool you get the ROM but also you get this physical copy of Coffee Crisis what the fuck is Coffee Crisis? I, I, I don't know. I guess it's something they made before? It's something for the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive as well. Yeah, <laughs> which also does not benefit me in any way. Like, like this is the thing. Like, this looks really cool. 
And if I uh, personally, I don't because I never go for like the, the physical thing. But if I did want to, and if there's people out there who want that physical edition of it, like, why are you limiting them in the way where you're like, okay, great. Now go buy a Sega Genesis. <laughs> like, yeah, this is really weird. And I feel like it kind of limits what they can do for stretch goals. Am I the only one who thinks that? Like, you can't really promise this to come to consoles when you developed it as like a ROM, like other consoles, you can't really like have a stretch goal saying it's going to come to Switch and PlayStation Four. Yeah, I mean, I get they like they still could. Like, there's definitely ways that they could change it so they just build some kind of emulator around that that would package everything, and then they would they would build that in a way. Oh, yeah, they they literally don't have one. They have the initial goal, extra level, um, another extra level, more enemies, and bigger levels. Mm-hmm a new playable character, even bigger levels and mini boss in each level and boss rush mode. And then if they get past that, they have like question marks and shit, which that's a lot of money just for those. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to make it that far, but you know, maybe that's the switch port. Yeah, this is weird. This is really weird. I don't know. Like, which I actually really like the character designs in this. I think it looks really, really cool. I like the Ocular Force like characters. They look really, really cool. And I also didn't know that the main character's name is Josephine. It's a girl. Yeah. It kind of looks boyish. A little bit, yeah. But you could tell from and the And she eyes. also has robot feet. Yeah. I think, like... That's a little weird. A little bit. In all things, in an attack, she lost her feet. I mean... It happens. Sometimes you step on a bomb. Maybe she stepped on a landmine, but only her feet were damaged. I guess. Now she's got robot feet. Like, that's cool. And she's got fat hands, dude. She's got freaking massive hands. Yeah, well, you know what they say about big hands? Big gloves. I Yeah, that's, I mean, that is what she has. Anyway, yeah, it kind of sucks, to be honest, because, like, I spent a good amount of time ranting about how I'm like, this is dumb that it's not available, like, accessible in other areas, but, like, the game actually looks pretty fun. The art style to it looks cute. The music is awesome. Like this is something that I definitely think they're hurting themselves for putting that niche spin on, hey, it's a Sega Genesis thing. Like, and granted they could still do this, but like make it so you're also creating a PC port, a Switch port, a PS4 port. Like I'm sure there's people who just like me are seeing this and being like, well, there's no reason for me to back this. Yeah, they could have done something like how Orange Island also had that SNES cartridge, but it was just well, that one's a, fake, wasn't like it? a distant like backer thing. I don't know. Or maybe uh, I'm oh, thinking. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was just like a shell. But I mean, they they could have done things where it's like you could get the actual Sega Genesis and stuff in a higher tier, but still have like the PC port, right, like the exactly. the actual PC version of your game, so people will actually buy it so they can get this game versus literally only the people who still has who still have operable like sega genesis mega drive consoles or for some reason i i shouldn't say for some reason because there's a lot of people who have uh those emulators on their pcs already but yeah for sure there are still that's kind of a weird thing to have but yeah that's that's the thing and i like personally as a a collector of video games i generally like to have my collection in somewhere like steam i like it because it's something that if i for any specific reason, one day my computer crashes, I could still have my collection. I could download all of them and I could play them again. This is the kind of thing where if that happens and I have a ROM file, it's lost. Yeah, that sucks. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you. I mean, could you back it up? 
Like, I mean, you, you could it back it up in other areas. Drive? Like, you could do something like Google Drive and just store the file there. But like, it's a lot clean. I don't know, and it's it is nitpicky. I I will like admit it is nitpicky, but I'd rather have it as a game that's a you know a full PC version that I can connect to Steam or some other outlet that I could just download from a server whenever I wanted. Yeah, yeah, this does really suck because I would I would honestly like to play this game. I think the combat looks really fast and fluid. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of the character designs, and it just seems interesting. I mean, she's got freaking robot feet, dude. Like that's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But I mean, maybe, I will never play. This maybe game. if it does well, it'll be one of those things where they eventually port like port it to a Switch or something like that. Like I could I could definitely see this game doing well on a Switch eShop. You know, uh, just random released kind of a game, but that'll definitely be a long time in the future because obviously it's going to start with this and then depending on popularity it'll then diverge into other facets yeah yeah before we move into our last segment of the podcast i would like to say one more thing about this game i think it's really really cool and really ballsy of this team to only release this on those consoles and everything so i think that's awesome and i i totally feel like this is something that is is made for the hardcore gamer that is like kind of longing to play their sega genesis or their mega drive yeah so i definitely think there's a person that this is for uh i really just wanted to get across that i think it sucks that like <laughs> i won't be able to play it because i don't have a freaking sega genesis or like a rom on my pc but this is really cool and I really like it. It just, that kind of stuff sucks. But I do really appreciate the fact that they committed to the fact that they just wanted, they wanted to put it on these consoles and that's it. They're not really going to like pander. They didn't want to put it on anything else. I really appreciate that. That's just, they've got balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've got, uh, what do people say? They've got Co- grit. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say. Oh, people like their moxie. Oh yeah. yeah. The moxie. Yeah. And honestly, ah. like I said, once again, this is nitpicky. You can easily find emulators for this. It's just, it's slightly annoying. And it's also weird from a consumer perspective to limit yourself in that way. Um, just because, if you create that kind of port, you can then have it on Steam and easily... Like, I mean, what's their their game plan afterwards? Like, how's their selling point? Like, this is for the people who do the Kickstarter part, but, like, after, what are they going to be like? Hey, we're selling this random ROM. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this, it'll be interesting. I don't know. It's, it's definitely weird, and, you know, there's definitely a reality where we can play this. It's just, I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time to hop into our last segment of the podcast. This is where we talk about a random question up in the games industry. Doesn't necessarily have to be into games. Sometimes is. Sometimes it's about anime boobs. Uh, this week <laughs> it is: Will there ever be a hole left in gaming like the one left by Game of Thrones? So I wanted to ask this question specifically because everybody keeps talking about what will be the next Game of Thrones, like the next TV show that'll kind of fill that hole in your heart. Um, I'd recommend just watching anime anime really fills me up in <laughs> like interesting ways if you know what i mean Gross. those are winks by the way Gross. um but yeah it's like everybody's talking about the expanse the witcher all of these big tv shows that are going to fill the void that game of thrones has left in your heart and in your life and i want to know if that's ever going to happen in games but i should say that I honestly, I didn't think about it too much when I initially wrote the question. And then when I thought about it a little bit more, I think games already have 
this has already happened. Like uh, Castlevania, for instance. Like people hanker for Castlevania so much that they consistently play spiritual successors. A hole was left in their life, so now it makes an entire subgenre that is just spiritual spiritual successors to Castlevania. Mm. So I kind of am answering my own question. No, this in is a perfect. Way. All right, I'm done then. Let's go yeah, home. You're like, peace out, bye guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean no i i, I totally uh i'm right there with you i think that makes a lot of sense um personally and this is just my take because uh i never really watched it i don't care about game of thrones um but i get the point that you know it was a big popular topic but i also think the concept of the gaming world versus more m- mainstream like popularity when it comes to tv shows is still not at the same level at all so i don't think as far as will there ever be a whole left in gaming like that like at that size or that you know proportion i don't think so at least not for some time until video games are more the popular thing which uh they are becoming more of the popular thing but i just don't think they're at the same level right now as something like a tv show would be um the only thing that's coming to mind personally is maybe like um something like metroid prime just because we have so many people bitching about that and wanting that to come back or but metroid doesn't ever from what i understand metroid is not a system seller like it it moves consoles when it comes out because metroid fans will play it and they want the switch to play it but from Metroid is not a massive series, like not a big money maker mm-hmm. for Nintendo, which is kind of weird because it seems like everybody talks about freaking Metroid, dude. It's yeah. I mean, it's because it's I, well, obsessive. I mean, it could just be the and that might be just me kind of like the loudest crowd is not always the most kind of a thing. Like it could just yeah, be, it's the vocal minority. Yeah, like they're much louder in comparison. But granted, there are like I know a lot of people who play the Metroid series and who are very upset that it's not coming uh, anytime soon. Um, as far as like a hole in the community, um, I, I don't know because video games is such a weird medium as far as like the different. I don't know. I guess TV is too, as far as genres. I don't know. I just, I don't see it on the same scale. Yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, I think the only way that you could leave a big hole like what Game of Thrones is leaving is if, and I don't think Xbox could do it. I don't think Microsoft could do it. I don't think Sony could do it. I think Nintendo is literally the only publisher, the only developer that could say, hey, we're not making this kind of game anymore and people would kind of just shut down i think if they said can you imagine they were no longer making like legend of Zelda yeah that's what Mario, i was gonna go with <laughs> yeah that's that's basically it i feel like those are the only games that you could say we will no longer make any of them which would literally never happen but at like not even in an alternate universe would that happen unless mario has some kind of sex scandal which he should because he's a garbage person but <laughs> You and your weird fucking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's like the reason why I don't think of it the same way and why I just can't wrap my head around like a a hole in 
like the community or a hole in like oh we just really need that kind of thing is because like i think about game of thrones and like first off i didn't like it i wasn't crazy about it i don't care about it but it is that kind of popularity thing where like just everyone is talking about it you go into work everyone is like did you see the new episode can you oh my god is the new season's coming up i gotta buy hbo because like the fact that it was uh like it is it is kind of like one of those things where it's like a zelda or a mario where it's like it is not in the same sense of like a console seller but it was a subscription seller because people would buy hbo just for that like the fact that there was something that could do that so in in that sense i guess it is kind of like with video games for that matter but i just don't It'll never be at that popularity, or not to say never, but just not now. I should also say another franchise that I think that people would really be butthurt about and would leave a void in their lives is if Bethesda announced that they were no longer making the Elder Scrolls games. Oh, They're like, yeah. no. That would... Because, yeah, Elder Scrolls isn't like... It's not, it's not niche. It, whenever those games come out, I remember... I worked at Wahoo's like this arcade when I was like 15 and a half, 16, when Elder Scrolls, uh, when Skyrim came out and everybody was talking about it. People I didn't even know that liked video games were talking about it. They're like, yeah, dude, I got my Daedric hearts. I'm making potions and shit. I was like, man, this is pretty weird. I thought I was the only one who liked video games. (laughs) It's uh, it's, uh, sweeping the nation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that gaming culture is getting a little bit more popular. Also, how do you feel about the whole mobile gamers aren't gamers thing? I mean, I don't think mobile gamers aren't gamers. I just think mobile games suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Like, the, the concept of gamer, like, I think is, is pretty dumb. Like, anyone who plays a game is now a gamer because, like, what does that even mean? you know like yeah what's what's the definition of a gamer like there's so many different genres there's so many different styles there's so like is a is now a professional like esports player a gamer is that the only gamer because they're the ones like is a streamer a gamer because they're getting like paid to do it like or is it just someone who's a fanatic of playing games or is it just someone who casually plays like there's no like gamer is just a word that you put as filler after the actual description of what they are yeah yeah people often when this comes up in conversation they're like yeah why do we even call ourselves gamers like if you love movies you don't call yourself like a movie lover anything like that they call themselves cinephiles i'm fairly certain Mm -hmm. but i feel like the reason for that is and this is kind of like a weird theory it's kind of far-fetched for me but i feel like people like watching movies was normalized it became a thing like to to be a movie goer to be a cinephile movie lover was never a disparate group of people they were never like kind of ostracized they weren't called dorks and shit like that they they weren't nerds yeah there's a whole negative connotation still around video games in general like yeah being a gamer yeah and i feel like yeah that's why people are so gatekeepery and people want to be gamers because it's finally a group mm-hmm. that they like they're part of now now they have an identity based on this one word and including more people in that makes them feel a little bit less special but this is of course just a dumbass theory that i have but it kind of makes sense hmm. yeah i mean i get it but also, you know, who cares? 
(laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I get the thought of, like, wanting to preserve what you had, you know, maybe before it was on a popular scale and maybe you're kind of upset that people are making it more mainstream or in the way of, like, I don't don't even know. I I don't think it makes a lot of sense to try and preserve that just because it doesn't really mean much. But I will say at the same time, it is very interesting because even myself, who is a big fanatic of games, who talks about games, who plays games constantly, who writes about games, I still feel a little awkward when people will ask me things and I'll be like, oh, I was playing video games or, oh, I was, I'm doing something for like games journalists, like, like that kind of stuff. Like I still, I'll say it and I'll feel like a little cringy and I don't know why. Like it's just, it's, it's you know it's part of the gaming culture of being this like this outcast in a way that's you know slowly lifting but still is there obviously yeah it's it's really weird i uh, i don't know i i enjoy the identity of being a gamer and i don't feel uncomfortable about bringing it up something that i do despise about it though is the whole like gatekeepery issues like my fiance was in a class with these guys and they were talking about like playing games and stuff yep. and my fiance brought out something about like me playing video games and they immediately not knowing me or anything were like oh yeah just you play like Fortnite and Call of Duty and shit like immediately went to what they thought was a fake gamer boy kind of a thing and right. she's like no he actually plays a lot of indie games like he plays all these games they're like, oh that's cool and I'm like okay what Ooh. yeah like why like why oh I'm glad start, you accepted me I try to start something with someone who's not even there and like has literally nothing to do with your social like context of what a gamer is yeah it's really weird I honestly just feel like and this is gonna sound bad but I don't actually think it is um I I feel like it's just people trying to feel special like there, there's seven billion people on earth it, odds are there's somebody out there that is literally exactly like you um obviously not like physically but they're exactly like you emotionally and intellectually and people are just trying to find any way to feel special now and if being a gamer is the way that they feel special i think they're pretty willing to defend that until the death seemingly um but that's about the end of this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys would like to follow us outside the show, you can follow the podcast itself on Twitter at IndiePod. You guys can hit us up there. Possibly come on the podcast. We could talk about your games, all that awesome stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Hyde Legion. You can follow Josh at the underscore George 90. And we'll have some interesting news about uh, some cool stuff we're doing next week. But just keep your ears open, I guess. Mm in a way for next week's I mean, podcast you should probably always keep them open ear clogs are no joke maybe you should just staple them shut oh you know probably the best advice you've i think given you out. could still hear i mean <laughs> i guess so but it would also really hurt and probably limit you that's very true that's very true don't do that let's not do that all just right Keep your ears open. Listen for the podcast. Uh, That's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.